0: episode of the first season look at us
1: season one wrapped it's a short one sorry about that folks
0: well it just it doesn't matter it just feels good to be wrapped on something like we did a thing we did it
1: yeah we set a goal we went for it and we accomplished it and don't worry the break between season one and season two is literally one week so yeah, so you'll, you'll be fine. You'll right. be fine. <laughs> We'll be back very Don't quickly. let this affect you emotionally. It's we're going to be back around. Yeah. We're just
0: it's an organization
1: structure, really. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, it's your turn this week to go first for Highs and Loves, Highs and Loves, Highs and Loves. Highs and loves high- I like that we do like a round for it. We both start. <laughs> Me too. A different. Okay. It's, yeah. The people it's at home
0: bob. are definitely going to be like walking through the street being like, Highs and Loves, Highs and Loves. What is I hope that people, song?
1: I do like a little head bob when I do it, but I hope that when people are walking down the street, they do like a little like finger wag.
0: I do a finger pointing in the in the sky. I really thought everybody could see me. I that's what I was picturing actually. Mm-hmm. So That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so highs and lows, highs and lows. Um so let's say lows. Um in the spirit of full honesty, this past week, um I've had so much anxiety, uh which is really fun because I used to have anxiety all the time. It was just like a constant and then I really did a lot of self-work I worked on all of the triggers that were causing the anxiety so now when I feel anxiety after a period of not having anxiety for so long I feel it more intensely and then I also feel all of this like but I did all the work am I backsliding oh my god like all these other things that just cause more anxiety like that's smart so I just... This time, I kind of just sat with it. And then I also had the added pressure of like, you have anxiety and you live in Paris? What's wrong with you? I was like, you can have anxiety anywhere. (laughs) Wherever you go, there you are. Like it just, it can still, you can have anxiety anywhere as it turns out, but I just didn't like that. And so I worked through it. I talked it out. I felt my feelings. And overall, I feel a lot better today the sun is out, we're doing fine. But that was a little bit of a backslide emotionally. And I didn't, I felt a lot of feelings about that just because I had not felt anxiety in so long that it was just such a foreign feeling, which then I had to acknowledge. I was like, what, wait, that's actually a really big thing that I haven't felt it in so long. So I need to maybe just give myself a little bit of forgiveness and a little bit of space to just feel this. And also, then I took a two-hour nap yesterday, which I'm not a nap, napping person. I don't nap until my body is like, we can no longer be upright. Like, you need to sleep. <laughs> and then yeah. that's when I nap. And um, I uh, had a lot of, I, I, that actually was probably the thing that I needed the most, was like, just just shut your brain down. Like, stop thinking. Stop. Um, so that helped. And then my high, uh, God, I mean, things have generally, aside from the anxiety, been really good. Um, I can't think of a specific high, which is weird. Um, But I think that, oh, wait, here's my high. I'm going on my first weekend jaunt away from Paris. This is. In my mind, this is always what I was supposed to do, is, like, I just jaunt away for a long weekend. Oh, how fun. How lovely. And so I'm going to Leon with um, my husband uh, this on Friday. So in two days but it won't be i'll have already gone to Lyon by every by the time everybody listens to this but and i'm sure it will be great and Lyon is apparently the gastronomical capital of france so that's exciting and we're renting a car so we get to drive again for a hot minute um that's actually really exciting it's just i am doing the thing that i said i was gonna do which was like go to more places and go away and Even though it takes a little bit of preparation, I have to get work ready, I have to, you know, we have to save the money and everything, it's still very worth it. So that's a high.
1: Your turn. That's a high. That's Mm -hmm. definitely a high. Yeah. Mildly jealous, but it's fine. That's my own thing to work out. (laughs) Yeah, you need to deal with that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm on it. Um, Okay, so I wanted to start with my lows and then end on my highs, so that way our conversation would be more positive. But I can't do that because my low actually is totally related to what we're talking to today, and I need it as a segue. I just wanted to establish that that was what my heart wanted and I can't have it. So that's itself is a low. Um
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for conditioning it with that.
1: I know. I want to like try and keep it upbeat, but I can't. Okay, so my high this week is. Oh, I am featured in Communication Arts Magazine, their print magazine for their May and June issue, which is like, it's a big deal in the industry. It goes out to like every ad agency, except for maybe indie ones that think that they're too good for it. You know who you are. What are you doing? You should be reading that magazine. Um, Yeah, it's cool. It's like a really big deal. And they featured some of my favorite Uh, client work which I'm pumped about Um, I posted it to my Instagram stories I don't know how you would ever see that at this point when you're listening to this because we clearly record these in advance so you could highlight it I could okay I'll highlight it and maybe I'll like post it on Twitter or something we'll see Uh, I should I mean I should so it's cool it's really cool and I'm super happy and proud of myself. I feel like it's the first time my work has been featured in print for me, like being me. I've had stuff featured for having worked at Instagram before. And then I had a photo of mine printed um, in conjunction with 20 by 200 where I have prints featured there. Um, But those were like, they were facilitated by Instagram and by 20 by 200. And this time it was like I I handled everything and was like the interviewee and dealt with them and it's just a feature on me and my work and it feels weird and awesome and a tiny bit of that imposter syndrome of course jumps in there, but um, I'm just embracing it and I'm happy and excited and it's cool seeing my work in print. That's so cool. Did you get a copy yet? Hell yeah, I got a copy. I got a copy and then I didn't know how to take a good photo because it's a really big magazine. It's like a 200 page magazine and um, and I'm like page 176. That's literally the page number that I am. So that's how obsessed I am with myself. Um, and yeah. <laughs> I did not know how to like, I didn't want to ruin the whole magazine. I couldn't figure it out. It turns out I'm not good at photographing everything. Um, And so I bought the PDF so that way I could see it. Cause you can yeah. just buy, yeah, you can buy, it's like $10 to buy just a downloadable version. So yeah, that's, that's what I did. Cool. I was wondering because I
0: saw it on your Instagram story and it looked flat. So I was like, oh, Yeah,
1: yeah. I know? don't know. I tried taking photos. I tried for too long, and then I was like, Ugh! I'm the worst photographer in the world. And I was like, Ugh! I no. I need to get out of this space. So, yeah, <laughs> oh no. Yeah. was not, no. It is not great. Um, <laughs> that was a roller coaster of emotion. It is. If you have any pro tips for like anyone out there for taking photos of a magazine. I mean, I know I can scan it, but I don't have my scanner right now. I lent it to a friend who actually does film photography. Also, it just took up so much friggin' space. Um, so I don't have a scanner, so that's not an option. So I was really trying to take a picture of it. I didn't know what I was doing. Holler at me so I can learn. Always learning. Um, Oh, and another high, just a tiny aside, I think I'm going to take film classes here in LA because I miss being in the darkroom and I miss taking film classes. And the only reason why I don't shoot film is because sending it off to Richard Photo Labs is, like, all of the money. And I don't have money right now. So, um, I live really close to Barnstall Art Park and they offer adult classes. And they're so cheap for using a dark room, like, surprisingly cheap. Um, so I'm going to try and sign up for classes over the summer because you can never stop learning. That's awesome. Good for yeah. you. Yeah, I'm pumped. Uh, my low, my low, ugh. Womp womp. <laughs> so I have a really, really bad shoulder. I love how every week we're just going to talk about all of my, like, body all your ailments. ailments. Yeah. I'm an Ashkenazi Jew. Like, my DNA is 47% Ashkenazi Jewish, which is a real thing that's a DNA type. Um, and... And it shows in all of my physical ailments, I believe. I feel like the trauma of my people's collective past comes out in body pains. Um, Wow. That might be real. I don't know if that's real. Emotionally, that's true. I think physically, I'm just making that up. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so this week, my foot's better, in case anyone was worried about my foot. Wow, Um, good, good
0: status update. (sighs)
1: Ugh, but my shoulders. I always have issues with my shoulders. Honestly, it has less to do with like me as a person and more to do with my career. I carry a big ass 5D Mark IV around with me almost everywhere. Like it's always in my bag. And um, if I'm doing casual photography, I have a Pancake 40 on. But if I'm like going out to take portraits with friends, I have a 24 to 70, which is like a serious piece of glass. It's pretty heavy. Um, by the way, just an aside,
0: I didn't know what any of that meant either for the people out there who are not photographers (laughs) that that all Um, sounded like, like just words, just words. So pancake
1: 40, a pancake 40 is like a really flat, very, very, very light, not super expensive lens. It's like 150 bucks. So the glass is not very heavy. That's inside of it. The 70-200 to is, like, Canon's top-end series for professional photographers. And uh, that glass is almost always much heavier. Moral of the story, I went in for a deep tissue massage after waiting way too long because when I don't have a lot of money, I don't like spending on things that I view as frivolous. And to me, a massage is, like, that's a luxury. Um, And I just screwed up. I just waited too long. And I got a deep tissue massage yesterday. And it's a Thai place too, so they like dig their feet into your shoulders, and I am in the most pain today. I was in so much pain yesterday; I thought I was going to throw up. Um, it did not matter how much I hydrated; it was not going down. <laughs> and uh, I woke up this morning in like just feeling like a giant bruise, mm-hmm. um, which brings us to our feeling feelings about being thirty uh, episode because that's the most over 30 thing ever. Oh, yeah. It's just everything hurts. It just hurts. Yeah, my body hurts in ways I've never anticipated it hurts. No. And I know people joke about that. like I've, well, I remember being in my 20s and hearing people be like, just you wait. Like, what, a hangover becomes a two-day hangover. And I'm like, what? No, that's not real. That's real. Oh,
0: it's real. It's real. Oh, there's the shower here in our apartment is so mm-hmm. small and when i like when i have to shave my legs i definitely feel like i'm going to like pull out my neck or like throw out my Ugh. back or something and i'm like you know what i don't know i don't know if this is worth it it's it's definitely not that's probably no. why the french get the reputation of you know not shaving legs i don't think it's a protest uh, Again, showers
1: are just too The showers
0: are just too small, the just too small. <laughs> they have no choice we figured it out we cracked the code but yeah so our episode is about being over 30 and our feelings on that and i'm 32 about to be 33 and so are you
1: Jess. we both are our, we're, our birthdays are like a month and a couple weeks apart yeah so we're
0: we're going on 33 in about a month so a month to two months I'm already telling people I'm 33 by the way I'm not I actually forgot the other day how old I was (laughs) I was like what and I looked at Josem and I was like am I 32 what am I and he was like "What? 32
1: I was like oh god that's not good either um we should know because the math is so easy we were both born in 1985 like anyone born in a five or a zero year has it the easiest
0: yeah but who does math
1: you um yeah, I do I do math
0: <laughs> so how did you feel okay so you said yeah that you don't have any feelings about turning 30 when you turn 30 yeah is that so you just turned 30 without any kind of feeling at all it was just oh okay
1: yeah I mean I wouldn't say any kind of feeling I I f- had feelings but I just didn't none of them were negative and to me none of them felt any different than any other birthday where like you know okay you're celebrating the year that you were born you're celebrating another rotation around the sun do we go around the sun who knows it doesn't i mean people know i just am having a moment We didn't um, do our
0: research for this one. We didn't did realize zero. we to know how we rotate around the sun, it's or if we rotate we around the
1: sun. We do. I don't know why at that moment. Um, I, but like that it's exciting, and so I think usually for me, my birthday is a time to just like reflect, and especially now that I'm freelance, I don't really have like a manager sitting there asking me like what are my plans are, and I care more about thinking through my goals on my birthday than i do on new year's because that really literally is just the calendar turning that doesn't mean anything um but my birthday means something so yeah that's usually when i just take the time to like reflect and think about like okay what am i gonna how do i want to live this year like what will make this year different than next year and but i wasn't in like crisis mode at all at all i think I've always felt like my in my 20s, I always felt like my age um, didn't quite match like where I was at emotionally in terms of my maturity, (laughs) which is I know a thing that like all 20 year olds say, but that's not actually true. No, that's actually true for you. For me i feel like it truly is true i mean i was forced to grow up quick like we've talked about my dad passing away when i was five and then me going to therapy immediately after and i feel like a lot of those things happening catapult you into maturity much faster and then my mom um as a full-time basically freelance which means all the time meeting planner um it, she was gone a lot. She traveled a lot and she was at work meetings a lot or I was on my own a lot. And so I kind of raised myself and then, I mean, she definitely raised me, but I was latchkey kid style. So, you know, I I, I had to figure out the ropes real early. Um, and in addition to that, you know, she like trusted me a lot. So I did a lot of things like I stayed home alone when she would travel. Um, and. Yeah, I was just sort of on my own, which was cool. Like I was given a lot of responsibility really early, like willingly, which I think allowed me to be a more mature person than a lot of teenagers are allowed to be.
0: No, you definitely had your shit together a lot earlier than most
1: people. Yeah. You had it together. I I mean, I hated school and I still went to community college, but that's fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but then you ended up going to a good
1: college after that, and yeah. you got really good grades.
0: Yeah, those
1: were my choices. To be fair, like I chose to not give a shit about high school. So <sighs> high school sucked. We hated high school. Yeah, that's true. We were yeah, not so, uh, cool. We
0: were not. <laughs> no,
1: no, we hung out we in the neutral. parking lot. No, we to yeah. To be fair, we were neutral. We
0: were neutral, but just kind of also like a little bit invisible.
1: I'm good with that I feel like that's a much better position we came out of that in a much better position but yeah I didn't I just didn't really have feelings I know you had feelings oh I had
0: feelings so and they were so out of the blue because I had never had any feelings about any birthdays before that like the only birthday I had feelings about was like turning 21 because I was like yay I can buy (laughs) alcohol now um I mean (laughs) let's just be honest and um, but then I had no other feelings about anything when everybody else was like, oh, I'm 25. And I was like, I'm excited. I'm 25. Like I, people have always thought I'm look younger than I am. So I was always excited to be like,
1: I am a grown woman now. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> oh my like, God. 25 grown woman! I know. Right. I also oh. refuse to allow us to say that 32 means we're old. We're not. My body's just falling apart a little bit, but we're not oh, old. Like we're definitely I, I old. am constantly considering when I'm 50 being mortified looking back on being 30, thinking I was old. So I'm just embracing the fact that like that is not the case. I'm not old.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. So that's the uh, so that actually leads into how I felt when I was 30. When I yeah. turned 30, it was like a slow decline into self-loathing, where I was like. Oh. What have I done with my life? Like, I'm not who I thought I was going to be. Like, I really went through that very, very deeply because I just imagined my life to be a lot different than it turned out. And it not, and now I'm so happy with the way that my life turned out, but it took that whole year that I was 30 to really get into that and be okay with that because I felt that. I had basically spent my twenties kind of just wandering, like wherever I wanted to go. Like I just went. I didn't really hold myself to anything too seriously, um, because I just wanted to experience life. Um, when I turned thirty, I felt like that kind of caught up to me, and I was like, "Yeah, but that means like you don't have a savings account, and you don't ha- and you have credit card debt." And you have, and you haven't like put in the time as you wanted to, to like write that book or even have that like really successful business. And like, yes, I think I had some high expectations for myself, but I always felt like I could meet those because I believed in myself. And then when I kind of just like turned 30, I was like, wait, I'm not who I thought that I would be. But then I did a lot of like soul searching and realized I was like, first of all, why is my stupid ass 16 year old self <laughs> dictating <laughs> what I think I should be when I'm 30? Because I know who I was at 16. I didn't know yeah. anything about myself. And I was very, I think, like, um, I think in my 20s, I had this thing about not facing reality. I was like, no. What other people experience is not what I'm going to experience. I don't, I'm going to be this and this and this. And like, actually, no, I was able to travel and live abroad and do all these like cool adventures because I had a credit card. I had many credit cards and they were maxed out. Like it wasn't some big secret as to how I was living that life. It was, I was in debt. Like, and I think that I came to a lot of those realizations with myself where I was like, these weren't that cute or that impressive because it actually put me, it put my future self into situations that I didn't want to have to deal with as my future self. And so I think there was a moment when I was 30 that I was like, okay, stop everything. <laughs> I am like, where, where do I want to be this time next year where do I want to be that time you know a year after that and can I actually be a person that like has plans and organ and is organized and can like listen to what she really wants and really needs and like takes care of herself and so I actually started there was a lot that changed when I turned 30 I started like taking exercise a lot more seriously and being active I started to be much more conscious about the food I was eating. I started to definitely get more conscious about my spending and my budget and making sure that I was and I like making the decision to get out of debt and all of these types of things and like finally having a savings account and all actually all of the things that I really was berating myself about when I turned 30. Instead of just like self soothing and being like, it's okay, don't worry about it, just self love, self love. Like, I believe in self love, but I also believe that like actions need to happen too. It can't just be like, take a bubble bath and forget about it. Like, your credit card debt will go away in the bubble bath. It's like, no, it doesn't. It goes away because you have, you pay it. Like, <laughs> you, yeah. you have to pay it. That's what you do. And so I had to have these like, this it was a reality check in the most sobering way and I think you I'm I'm sure you saw that uh, because I've changed a lot since then
1: yeah do we want to share our um uh friendship hiatus sure yeah so so, I mean we don't have to go into details about it but um for I think what was it like 26 until about 30 no yeah 30 just after we both turned 30 um Jamie and I We're not on speaking terms. There's like a little four year period there where I mean, to be fair, I think we both had reached a point where we were at that crossroads of like figuring out who we really were and like, what are we going to look like as an adult? And how do we both fit into each other's lives with that? with all of the tension of all of the terrible things that we, we went through when we were in high school, or really the terrible things I did to you in high school unintentionally, um, as like an angsty teenager trying to figure out who she is, plus her sexuality, plus, I don't know, everything, you know? I think it it was hard on us and our friendship and becoming adults and also both living in San Francisco together. Um, and it, it was just a lot, and I think, We just, I mean, I kind of decided (laughs) that we just needed to go different ways and figure our lives out. And I always said it, I don't know that I said it to you at the time, but I said it to myself that like we would be friends again. Like we would come back to each other. Things would change. Something would shift. You would go on your like life wandering journey that you needed to go on that didn't involve me. And I needed to let you do that and not be selfish about it. And you didn't need to have me like, being selfish about it in order to do the things that you really wanted to do. Um,
0: yeah, well, we never had a casual friendship. No. Like we're not, I mean, I think now you and I are able to have acquaintances with people. But at the time, I'm we're both really intense people. Yeah. So when we're close to someone or we're in a relationship or anything like that, it just is very intense. Like all of our friendships were very intense at that time. And I know that we had a very intense friendship and we did everything together. We were also incredibly competitive with each other. And yeah. there was, like, jealousy and envy. Like, I mean, we at, – at, on the same token that I always wanted you to do well and always wanted you to be happy, I also – was jealous and of certain aspects of your life that you had that I didn't have. And like, you know, we were so linked in that. It was not like, it was very hard to even really disconnect from that. And I think that we needed that big extreme break to be like, okay, let's find out who we are without each other. Like, yeah. it was it was like a breakup for real. It was.
1: It was definitely a breakup. I mean, it, like I said, I always kind of had this, like, inkling that we would come back to each other, like, and that, that whatever had happened in order to instigate that we need to stop being, like, unhealthily attached and dependent to each other, like, that that didn't mean that that was forever. Um, unfortunately, it did mean that we both got married in that amount of time, and then we both turned thirty. And immediately after, you know, basically, we're like, "What the hell did we just do? We just both got married and didn't have the person that we thought would be by our side for this big, huge, important moment to both of us." Like, there, they just weren't there. It's just like this big empty space of like love. That needed to be there so it's a a bit of a bummer that our marriage both of our marriages were the catalyst of we fucked up let's rekindle this and come back together yeah
0: i remember looking at your pictures um your wedding pictures on facebook and i was like this doesn't feel great (laughs) i was like oh no i don't like this like because I think I was still mad and we were still had like wounds and because we just I don't know why we we were we were like awful to each other at certain times for some reason like I don't know why we did that it was I mean you hurt the people
1: you care about the most when you're hurting
0: yeah I guess for sure I mean it so I remember that and I, I actually really remember how I felt where I was just like This needs this needs to be done because I can't keep looking at these pictures and keep like checking in on her and seeing what she's going through and not being a part of it. And also, I was in L.A. and you were in L.A., right? Yeah. Yeah, I was. You were in L.A.? I was in L.A. So we. I was in Seattle.
1: Oh, okay. I think that's right. Yeah, because I I was in L.A. We moved to L.A. a year before we got married, um, four years yesterday And um, thank you. And you messaged me when we were on our honeymoon. Oh, okay. So
0: then I was in Seattle, where I lived in Seattle for eight months. um, And then
1: I came back to LA. And we started hanging out. But we took it real slow. Real slow, which is a good call. (sighs) It's funny. I'm like, I'm so glad we're at the point where we're at. But we also went through these two big milestones. One was getting married, and the other was turning 30 totally separate from each other. Mm. So this, it's also, I feel like that's important to this conversation because I didn't get to see or be with Jamie as like her friend and confidant like during those times where she was struggling. So, um, and same for Jamie with me. Also like birthdays are the most important thing in the world to me because I'm a Leo. And so, you know, she would have been there. Also, she probably would have planned something way better than what I ended up doing which was just dinner
0: (laughs) I don't know I'm pretty bad about birthdays (laughs) because I listen to people that's my problem people say no 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 I don't want a big thing and I go all right and then (laughs) then I don't realize that actually they want something special yeah
1: but when have I ever said I don't want a big thing that's true
0: you've always been like I want the biggest
1: thing that can happen yeah like I want to go to Mexico let's do it right that's
0: true that's true
1: you are never I've never heard you be like I don't really like to be the center of attention oh my god I love it I live for it especially (laughs) for my birthday like your birthday is the one time you're kind of especially as an adult that you're like allowed to indulge in being like everyone please look at me and celebrate me because otherwise it's like a taboo a little bit um I yeah I go ham on that indulgence I can't help it I know I just can't help it um I will say, I think this is a really shitty thing, and I'm gonna say it because I do think it's important to say it. I think my 30th birthday was less devastating and less um, emotional because I had gotten married four months before, Mm. less than that, two months before. And that's such like a horrible, like patriarchal dictated milestone. It's, and that's like the truth. It really is being married. Like, you did that before that cut off. That's so stupid. That's exactly what it is. Like, there's this rule that exists where if you are over 30 and unmarried, which is not true. Like, that's bullshit. such bullshit. But at the same time, our first year of marriage was the fucking hardest year. (sighs) So, you know, it also wasn't like, it wasn't all it's cracked up to me I guess it was a very hard year first year of marriage and it also was when I turned 30 and I just was like cool well being an adult is an arbitrary concept that doesn't make any sense and I learned very early that nobody ever knows what that means and nobody ever has their shit together even 60 year olds don't know how to be an adult so fuck it yeah (laughs) like none of this matters it just doesn't matter these milestones don't matter they I need to get out of my brain and if I feel feelings about being 30, I should feel them separate from this weird I'm uh, you know tied to someone maritally concept because that doesn't that doesn't mean anything either.
0: No, but there is something that shields you from that like from being able from having that kind of spiral is if like I'm sure if I had been excited about a book I was writing, and had a book deal, maybe I would have felt differently about turning 30. But there were these, like, arbitrary things. Because, like, it is okay for you to, like, have been excited to get married before you were 30. Like, I mean maybe not as great if it was to like prove something to the society at large that's Yeah, like, I
1: think it's to like avoid judgment, truly. Yeah. Like deep down inside, if I have to think about it, the only reason why I was excited was because people couldn't judge me for one more thing. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think I felt I didn't have anything like that. I mean, I was already married, but I don't have that same thing. I don't have I don't have the same thing about marriage eventually we'll probably have to do a whole episode on marriage, but, um, yeah, definitely. I don't have that. I always thought I'm not going to get married and I had to talk myself into getting married. Um, but that's a whole other issue. But I have a thing about the, the age and what it meant for my art and my mm-hmm. career and what it, what I believed that it said about me was like, if I'm not rich and famous, doing my art yet that means I must not be good enough like I I to me it was like proof actually I had been searching my whole 20s for proof of my inadequacy so so deep does my self-doubt go that I was like I need to collect evidence constantly and a lot of it could have been explained away a lot of it was easily explained away but the turning 30 that felt like the proof the the like trump card in the courtroom I'm mixing up metaphors but like all you know like all the things yeah. in the courtrooms the things all the evidence <laughs> it was like I don't know but you know yeah the I'm thing. into
1: it um, yeah the thing in the courtroom
0: right the evidence I'm with you okay
1: yeah
0: um where you throw it down on the
1: table and it's like oh it's a trump yes. it's a trump card yeah a trump card that, that's the right metaphor yeah for what I mean I don't like I mean, it has nothing to do with the courtroom, but that it is an appropriate <laughs> term to use There's in terms with- of here's the thing that will blow all other evidence out of the yeah. water. I get what you're saying. So
0: that was my that was my moment. It was like, no, you actually are inadequate. Don't you see? You've been looking for this for the, a whole decade, and here it is. It's true. You don't have a best-selling book. You're actually not a. Pre- a prodigy of any sort because you would have already been famous by now. Um, You're not, you don't have like thousands and thousands of dollars in the bank. I don't see anybody really knocking down your door for anything that important. Like it was all these things that I was like, holy shit, there it is. I got it. I got, I, I finally have it now. I have the evidence that I've been looking for. And it it was, it fucking sucked. It sucked so much. I was just like, I have nothing to grasp. Like, I couldn't, I mean, you had your marriage and whatever that meant to you to grasp. I didn't feel like I had anything to grasp. I was like, nothing is working out for me. So what do I even say to myself? Um because I'm good at talking myself down off the ledge, but this time I wasn't very good at it. And it was it, w- it was tough to pull myself out of that. I felt like yeah. I had to do a whole
1: new identity for myself. Did you like have any positives that even like, I, I know you said that it was hard for you to talk yourself off the ledge, but you did. But, you know, was there any part of turning 30 that was something that you were excited about or? I mean, I
0: felt like I had a lot going on for myself, um, but it wasn't tangible enough for me to be like, okay, I can hold on to this. But since then, I've just like shifted my perception and my expectations and my goals so much that I'm like, I don't even remember who that was. Like that feels like a very distant identity of myself that I don't even like connect to anymore. Like sure there's some little things that pop up here and there where I'm like, "Ooh, that person like got a book deal or ooh, that person's like doing a mural somewhere." I don't want to do a mural, but I don't know that seems like a thing to do. <laughs> um and, you know, there's these little things that pop up, but it's definitely not as prominent also because I just feel like I got really clear on like, "Okay, what actually matters to me? Why am I being dictated by my 16 year old self who was like feeling uncool and unpopular in high school and like just wanted to feel significant? Like why is she calling the shots now? She doesn't know shit about life. like what what is she gonna do? Um, so I felt like, okay, a lot of these things didn't come to fruition because I was doing it for the wrong reasons too. And so the bright light out of it was like, It had to be all bad for me to pay attention and be like, all right, this can't all be it can't all be this bad. We need to figure this out. And it was a come to come to
1: Jesus moment. Do you um, think that you'll have similar feelings when you turn 40? I really hope not.
0: (laughs) I'm trying to be realistic now. Not too realistic that I don't do anything and I stay too comfortable, but I am trying to recognize, and like, be intentional about my life. Instead of being like, uh, I I feel like the things that I do, I firmly understand why I'm doing them. Yeah. Do you Do you
1: feel that way? What I anticipate potentially running into in my when I turn forty is um, having a case of the what ifs. Ugh. Right. I haven't had those at all. I don't feel those feelings um, at this point in my life. But I do know, and again, we could definitely have a whole episode on marriage. Um, my husband and I decided not to have kids. And it's something that I am very, I'm happy with that decision right now. And I, and I know that that's exactly where we should be in our relationship is making that choice. Um, and then I think like, oh God, when I turn 40, even though I'm comfortable and happy, And I like the lifestyle that we have right now. And I also know we could not afford it at all. Um, Am I going to have some existential crisis of did I make the wrong choice? What if, what if, what if, what if, why did I, why did I get myself here so confidently? And now here I am crippled with self-doubt. I think about that a lot, which is not a healthy thing to think about a lot, because in this moment I am very happy, but it's something that i consider and that's probably part of my anxiety i I always think 10 steps ahead and feel the feelings of 10 steps ahead so then when i get there i don't feel as much yeah (laughs) um but i I also know that part of my like i'm not worried in terms of turning 40 because some of my closest friends are already in their 40s they turned 40 in the last two years and so seeing people who i am am very close with and who i love and who are you know peers of mine be confident and comfortable and happy in their 40s is like oh i could do that like i i see them doing it and all the reasons why they're happy and pumped and like into it and joyful like i i could do that that seems easy
0: yeah right i mean i don't i agree with you i don't think that i have a lot of the um Fear of turning 40 at all. I mean, I guess it's probably still far, far, far enough away. But I think that actually, by going to Paris at, you know, almost 33 years old, we put all our stuff in storage. We just did it. To me, that felt like, okay, we don't, we are living non traditionally. We are not following the exact rules. Cause like my fear is always, getting too caught up in the like mold of how you're supposed to do things. And then being like, "Hmm, I wish I had followed my, my true North a little bit more um, instead of being like a cookie cutter. Um, But I think that I, I overcame that hurdle now seeing that, like, I mean, we had everything. We had two car leases. We had all the, we had all the furniture, all the things like, and we just made it work. We were like, put it in storage, give the car back when the lease was up, pay the other car off, no worries, we'll figure it out. Like we got it figured out. And that felt like a big leap because in my mind I had, it was like after 30, you don't do things like that. You grow up and you don't like make big changes like that. You're supposed to like being your, be settled. And we just decided, yeah. we were like, we're not going to be settled yet. We're not ready. Yeah. And so I feel confident, but like, we uh, that I'm able to make those kinds of choices. Um, My fear is that because so for my 20s, I was so in my mind, I was very impractical or like, too caught up in like passion. It was like passion over money. I will do anything for passion. And I think we've talked, we've definitely talked about this on the podcast, but I really lived that and I wanted to just like, I was like, just do what you love the money will come. The money did not come as much as I wanted it to. And so (laughs) I have chosen a bit more of a, I guess, practical life choice. Like I'm, I have contracts and I've created a business that's very sustainable. And I am like very organized and I have plans out for months and months with clients and things like that. And I do enjoy what i do but it's not doesn't have that same fiery passion and my older brother is a musician and he has like followed undyingly that passion in music whether it was like you know living in a nice place or like living in a you know a room in someone's house like he would just follow it to the ends of the earth and i haven't and i feel that right now I'm okay with that choice but I'm always worried that like one day I'm going to be like those people who wake up and go I wish I had just like written my book or something and I'm like I don't even know what book I would write I don't even have an idea I have written every day I wrote every day for like 10 years can I have a break ever yeah um and it's like this but this feeling of like am I going to regret this am I going to regret that I that I chose some financial stability over, like, who cares where you live and who cares? Like, I I remember reading that Cheryl Strayed, before she sold Wild, was $80,000 in debt. And I was like, I don't know that I got that passion for writing like that. Like, that she was just like, there's nothing else I'm going to do in my life. And I was like, I don't know that I have that.
1: I think there's, like, I think some people are thrived by that survival instinct of, like, if I don't do this, like, I mean, you you look at, um, uh, oh gosh, Harry Potter. JK Rowling. Yes, thank you. Like, living in your car, it's, like, that's, it's survival. Like, doing, writing this thing, the escapism of it is, like, it's life or death in those scenarios. And I think some people work really well in that place. I mean, obviously, some people do. Um, and others don't. Like, for me i've mentioned this before but i don't do well when i'm not in a like mentally stable place and so as much as i love my career and taking photos is a passion and always has been for me my mental health has always been the number one i think the reason why i probably wasn't as upset about turning 30 was because my husband and i had just gotten married and it came with a lot of pressure and a lot of for us change that we didn't anticipate and so we were in couples therapy and so i'm like oh i'm good like i'm with someone who gets that like taking care of the important things which is your mental health and your communication within your partnership are the biggest priority not your career and not you know your success and and your finances for me i need the balance like you're saying i can't be $80,000 Eighty thousand dollars in debt, I would go into crippling anxiety and depression. But same, um, I could
0: never but, write under those circumstances or do. Oh, anything. I couldn't
1: do it. I just couldn't do it. That's too much. And I and I respect that people work well in that sort of um, uh, Tinder box, and I do not. I need balance. I need things to be stable. I need that calmness. And if they aren't, my passion isn't going to come through. And so I just take the time to work on whatever that is. If it is making sure that I'm getting myself out of debt. I understand that my job then becomes a key to that, but it might not be my passion at that point. It, it then is just I'm going through the motions of, okay, I got to pay these bills. Like this is my job and this is what I have to do. Um, and then, you know, once things are balanced again and there's some spending money and things are a little more um, I, honestly for me easy then I feel in a good place to start pursuing my passion again. It, then it becomes a passion. So I think, even in my career, like being a photographer goes from a job to a passion and back and forth and back and forth, depending on where things are at. You know, for me, both in my finances in my relationship and in my mental state and and I, I just would prefer to have all of those things in balance and checked and in a place of either positivity or neutrality in order to make work that i feel passionate about and if they're not you know i'm gonna take the time to f- focus on that and fix that and and i'm good with that I, like i don't feel like that's that makes me a bad person for needing that space.
0: No, it definitely doesn't make you a bad person, but I do think that it it's interesting because I think the 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 typical artist that we as a culture tend to really fixate on and like the story that's told so often is like this passionate artist who like lives to you know doesn't eat doesn't sleep like doesn't care where where they live like all this stuff this like very extreme example of being an artist yeah and it almost seems like that's what it takes but I don't and you have to kind of go against that sometimes to be like it's okay to be stable and it's okay to like value your mental health and not use like Depression as your muse because, I mean, I cannot. Yeah, I can't create with anxiety. I tried yeah. to write a book for a year under the pressure, and I had an agent. I think I've talked. How old were you? I was, I think I was in my thirties. I think it was oh, when okay. I was thirty.
1: Dang um, it! <laughs> I was going to be like, ha ha. Maybe
0: age. I was, is maybe I was helpful. Twenty nine something. So, um, I tried to write the book. And had an agent like waiting for it, and um, I was so so stressed out about my debt and how much I needed to pay every month that there nothing no I was not inspired at all, and I was like I'm not gonna use my lack of mental health as like inspiration for this because this is not working, um, and I don't want to write a, write anything from that place. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that we really, we like those train wreck stories in a way of like that extreme artist who's just like smoking cigarettes and like (laughs) drinking black coffee and, you know, rolling around on their paint and, you know, like all this stuff. There's like this type and like the starving artist
1: archetype. That, But I also think that the archetype comes with like mental illness more often than not oh
0: definitely that's why it's so strange how much we glorify it
1: because yeah exactly yeah it's yeah. like
0: it's an unhealthy place it's an unhealthy archetype to glorify and i think more often than not people who are creating in a healthy way that's because also it needs to be sustainable a healthy sustainable way are probably chasing stability more than it seems but they like yeah but it's not sexy. Like, that's the thing with stability. is not. It's not usually very sexy. It's like, we try. We have our, like, passion planners and our, like, you know, cool organizational skills and Medium posts a bunch of productivity articles and all this stuff. But it's actually really not that sexy to, like, build habits and just be mentally healthy. Like, it's, even though we love talking about therapy, like, going to therapy is really not that fun. You to oh, really, God, no. yeah, like to do the deep work, it's like, it sucks. It's not something you want to like hashtag therapy on your like, like it's a lot sexier to be kind of a mess and kind of like, you know, drinking your feelings and doing all these things. Cause that's, I also like kind of stopped drinking. I mean, I still drink from time to time, but I used to like binge drink a lot more. Yeah, same. Yeah. And like, that's. I don't have, I don't do that anymore. Like, I don't have that, I guess, quote unquote, coping mechanism. And so there's a lot of things that, like, I'm, I think I've been really trying to figure out how to have that passion without it turning into being like almost kind of manic about it because I've created under those circumstances, but I don't like who I am. Like, I don't like to shut out everybody and not be healthy and like, I also don't like to create from a place of, I need to prove something. And yet I haven't really found my writing mojo quite yet in that circumstance, under those circumstances.
1: Yeah. Well, and I don't think, I think being 30, turning 30, just getting older in general has like given me perspective on a lot of the unrealistic and unhealthy goals. I set for myself when I was in my 20s and maybe even my late teens Um, because I definitely I wanted to be that like manic drinking black coffee and smoking cigarettes and rolling around on the floor in paint person when I was in my early 20s like for sure for sure for sure and I I knew better but I also didn't and I think just with time and Also life experience, watching other people go through those phases and coming out being like, yo, that was not cool, (laughs) has also helped me, like, it's guided me in a way into having a more, honestly, a more adult-like approach at creation, at being an artist, at making sure I can keep doing this for as long as possible because it does fulfill me and make me happy to be a full-time professional artist. At the same time, I'm if things need to change, if stuff shifts and it's outside of my control, like if the industry just changes in a way where I no longer have a place there, I'm also good with like getting an ad agency job, you know, or starting a like creative uh uh company with my husband where we both do creative direction for other for clients you know like there there are so many possibilities for how my career can shift and I think the older I get the more comfortable I am with that being the case with me not doing photography full-time forever but always still having a place for photography in my life
0: yes I think letting go of a lot of that desperation for it of like I need to have a claim and I need to like get to a certain place and I need to achieve this and this and this and just like letting it go is so much healthier even though it you know in in American society it almost sounds like oh you're giving up oh look at you and it's like no I just I choose I choose joy and freedom hell yeah more than I choose to like hustle myself into something arbitrary because a lot of times I found that a lot of the things that I felt so desperate about was all external I wanted to show x people I had done x thing by the time I was 30 it wasn't really me it was what it meant to other people
1: and I was like you wanted the Romeo and Michelle high school reunion moment
0: oh I mean
1: you wanted to invent post-its okay (laughs) But see, but you gotta. But when you rewatch all it, that. right? Like that's the struggle that they go through too. I think that's yeah. A, it's it's a funny movie, but it's so true. Like watching people go through that struggle of I've done nothing. What is my life? Is like oh my god. If you're just a good person, like that's all that really matters. Like if you're just kind to people, like that's honestly you're better off than probably a lot of the the people that who are chasing fame and chasing money and chasing whatever you know, like. Just being kind to yourself and kind to others is, like, such a good baseline for life.
0: Yeah, and also being able to, like, decide what you want for yourself instead of being pressured by what society has told us to want. Like, that sounds really easy. It's like, that sounds, oh, yeah, of course, you should want what you want. It's like, no, but a lot of people don't want what they want. They want what externally... The society has told them that they want they should want.
1: Yeah, that's why I want a house.
0: <laughs> yeah. See, I don't want a house for that reason.
1: Yeah. Well, that's why I don't want a kid.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, because you went through that with the kid. You were talking about that. You were like, is this just like what I think that I should do? And I think people are going to judge me because I have a uterus. Like, this is. Yeah. No, like it's true though. Those are actual conversations. Like you have, I mean, you and I have talked about it because you and I have such vastly different pressures that we feel from society at large. Like It's true. It's really funny because I, just because we've been friends for so long, I mean, minus our little break, but
1: we've been- We don't ever have to bring that up again. No,
0: we're not bringing it up again. (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: No, Um, but it's because I tend, we tend to have friends that are similar to us. But since we've been friends for so long, we have so many different like things that are the things that bother us. Like, There's a lot of things that I say that I tell you and you're like, that does not bother me. I do not have that same feeling and pressure. Like A lot of the career stuff, you do not have that. Yeah. I do. Where Whereas I don't have, I really could care less about the marriage stuff and the kids stuff. I'm like, that'll just happen when the fuck it happens if it happens. Like, I don't I don't care that if people think, like, why aren't you having kids? doesn't bother me. Like, I, hmm. I, it really doesn't. And I realize, like, from a lot of the, like, think pieces and from hearing from you that that is a thing. And, I mean, I sympathize with it because I know that same feeling just in a different iteration of that feeling. Yeah. But it's weird how much, I, I, I think that when people say like you become more of yourself in your 30s, I really think that it's just a process of unlearning. It's not even really be- you I mean you do become more of yourself, but I think you just unlearn a lot of the bullshit.
1: Yeah, totally. It's like you just learn to think for yourself and trust your instincts and hear what's what everyone else has to say and then decide what's right for you. Right. Definitely. Age is cool. I like love getting older. Also, it's a, here's like a really morbid thought and it bums me out, but I've dealt with death a lot. I'm I'm now experiencing friends getting sick and passing away and it's heartbreaking and devastating. But like what happened to me when I was young, it's just a continual reminder that I need to just keep doing what I can do to be a good person and a kind person and there for my community and like be happy because like you do not know my dad was 38 you know our friend Andrew passed away last Mm -hmm. year and he was 31 and like it's hard it's 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 a reminder that like you you might not leave this epic legacy, but you can leave an impact on the people around you that's at least, like, positive and and puts goodness back into a lot of the sad shit that's happening in the world right now, so. Also, I will say,
0: you really live that. Thanks. You live that on a real daily basis.
1: Yeah. I appreciate I that.
0: No, you do. Oh. You make time. You are a friend that shows up.
1: Don't make me cry on our podcast. Oh my
0: god, I didn't even realize I was trying. I wasn't even trying to. I'm
1: Feeling so many feelings right now. God, I didn't mean to yell at you. I just really didn't want to cry on our podcast. Uh.
0: Well, we're we're at our limit, so. Well. Yeah,
1: at that on that note. On that note. Friendship is wonderful, and just be kind. That's that's the moral.
0: Like, just be good to people and figure out what makes you happy. I mean, really, like fuck everything else
1: also if being an asshole to people makes you happy go see a therapist
0: oh my god for real oh
1: <laughs> that can't actually make you happy it can't
0: it Sorry. can't don't be
1: a shady bitch go see a therapist oh my god okay that, that's too much <laughs> oh that's too much yeah. that's the line yeah okay. that's the, the line. line. Ugh, Jamie, what a good first season. I know. It was really good. I love it. I love this. It's so fun. I love having these conversations with you. Selfishly, I just love that we make time to talk to each other for a week now that you live in Europe. Yep. Now It's great.
0: Yeah. Court's out of session now. I, I, I wanted to tie the metaphor back in. Oh, nailed it.
1: <laughs> nailed it. Court's out of... I wish I had a hammer. Right. Oh, my gosh. A gavel. So... Uh, <laughs> uh, if you're pumped on on our podcast, we would love if you would rate us on iTunes, please and thank you. And uh, head on over to feelingfeelings.co where you'll find our Instagram, our Twitter, and of course our Facebook group. Um, you can get on in there and start having conversations about topics that maybe you wanna see us have, uh, cover for season two.
0: Yeah, please do. Be active in the Facebook group. Even though Facebook on the whole is like a dumpster fire, It'll be great inside. We'll just we'll just crowd around in the in our Facebook group and feel feelings and be conscious of each other's feelings and have empathy and love. I actually said that in all seriousness. That was not ironic.
1: I know that you did. Really I was giving genuine. you breathing room because I wanted you to like sit in it for a second. <laughs>
0: I was really genuine. I I know it sounded like eye roly, but I actually am I'm an earnest person. I love it.
1: Jamie, thank you for being you. Oh, you too. You too. This is great. Okay, bye. Uh, bye.